Mankind is promised everything that is good and glorious, only to reject it and embrace the bad and dishonorable. The carnal world challenges the truth of the Word of God and consistently fails. They war against God to their own damage and eternal punishment. They create false religious systems that cannot satisfy and cannot deliver on their promises. They create alternatives to God's moral standards, only to fail and to see the fruits of their labors defile their own lives and the lives of those they love the most. They've constructed a huge edifice of pseudoscience challenging God's true science only to fall in the holes they have dug. Their philosophers and academics offer their various options only to fail time after miserable time. God has offered the solution to man's maladies. That solution is a new life in Christ Jesus, an entirely new life that Jesus calls born again. Are you ready to lay down your arms and surrender to truth to the God who created you? In this new realm called the kingdom of God, we are promised abundant life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This good news opportunity is yours today. Click on the Further with Jesus for simple instructions to instantly enter the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Genesis 5 verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. God said Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God said, Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. God said, Genesis eighteen twenty-seven. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. God said, Job chapter 10, verse 9, Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? God said, Job thirty-four fifteen. All flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto the dust. Man said, the Bible is a book of myths, passed down from generation to generation, and not to be taken seriously. Now the record. Why such vociferous denial? Carnal men refuse to acknowledge the supernatural creation of all that is, even in the face of incontrovertible proof. Jesus outlines the reason why in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that 
doeth truth, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Carnal men must continue to deny the undeniable because their deeds are evil. They couch their obvious absurdities in a mirage of technobabble, which after interpretation it remains a mirage. If he acknowledges the truth, then he is accountable, and accountability is not in his lexicon. Believing a lie is easy. It's an inherited trait. Our great-grandmother Eve believed a lie and ate of the forbidden fruit. Our great-grandfather Adam followed her lead, and ever since it's been like mother, like daughter, and like father, like son. It's easy to believe lies. It's inherited. But there is a way to break this bondage of sin and death, and that is to renounce the paternal Adamic nature and be born anew, born again into the very family of God. There is no other way. The scriptures found in the majority text authorized King James Version of the Bible are the inerrant truth preserved for us by the very hand of God. On God said, man said, there are presently 388 feature articles archived in text and streaming audio that establish the veracity of the Word of God. Every Thursday evening, God willing, the number grows by one. Thank you for visiting. The book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is the first-hand account of creation and our beginnings authored by God and penned by Moses. Genesis is not a hand-me-down verbal story finally put into writing. To the contrary, it is the eyewitness account of the very Creator Himself given directly to Moses. The accounts in this marvelous book are laden with direct intervention of God in the life of man in the most dramatic of ways, in particular, the creation of Adam and Eve. On this website, the discoveries that fully confirm the supernatural creation of man are overwhelming. A short list follows. Yes, man was literally made from dirt. Newsweek headline reads, Life from Clay. See Man from Dirt on this website for astounding confirmation of Holy Writ. Review the amazing account of Adam's rib, stem cells, and the creation of Mother and Eve. The God Said Man Said feature is Adam's rib. Review the article, Adam Was to Live Forever, for startling insights into eternal life, the telomere, and even Neanderthal man. Explore the God Said Man Said feature, Adam and Eve, and the discovery by molecular biology that has turned evolution theory on its head. Yes, there was one common mother and one common father of all the world's population. Mitochondrial DNA appears to mutate much faster than expected and raises questions about evolutionary long-age dating. First, it was said the first man and woman entered the world's history around 1 million years ago, then 200,000 years, then 100,000, then 60,000. But now Dr. Daniel Criswell says that humanity is just a few thousand years old. Read it on mitochondrial DNA and a young first man and first woman you can trust the Word of God. The scientific discoveries that certify the accuracy of the Genesis account are daunting, but there is more than science. Adam, whose name literally means red dirt, had the breath of life breathed up his nostrils. Adam is imprinted on the very historic memory of the peoples of the world. The accounts that follow did not come from God's first-hand account in the book of Genesis, but were verbally passed down from Adam to his direct offspring and then on to subsequent generations. The following excerpts are from Theodore H. Gaster's book, Myth, Legend, and Custom in the Old Testament. It reads, 
This fancy is, however, by no means confined to Scripture. The Mesopotamians, too, conceived man to have been fashioned in such manner. In a cuneiform text from Asher, the earlier capital of Assyria, the goddess Arur is said to have pinched him out of clay. And by virtue of this expertise, it is the same goddess who likewise fashions the hero in Kiddu and the epic of Gilgamesh. A similar legend was current among the Greeks. Prometheus is said to have molded the first man out of clay mixed with water of the river Panopeus and Phocis, while in one of the mimes of Heronidas, a pander bringing charges against the man who has broken into his brothel, observed tartly that he ought to know what kind of fellow he is and of what clay he is compounded. The Australian blacks in the neighborhood of Melbourne said that Bungie, the creator, cut three large sheets of bark with his big knife. On one of these he placed some clay and worked it up with his knife into a proper consistence. He then laid a portion of the clay on one of the other pieces of bark and shaped it into a human form. First he made the feet, then the legs, then the trunk, the arms, and the head. Thus he made a clay man on each of the two pieces of bark, and being well pleased with his handiwork, he danced round them for joy. Next he took stringy bark from the uh, eucalyptus tree, made hair of it, and stuck it on the heads of his clay men. Then he looked at them again and was pleased with his work, and again danced round them for joy. He then laid down on them, blew his breath hard into their mouths, their nose, and their navels, and presently they stirred, spoke, and rose up as full-grown men. A very generally received tradition in Tahiti was that the first human pair was made by Taro, the chief god. They say that after he had formed the world, he created man out of red earth, which was also the food of mankind until a breadfruit was produced. Further, some say that one day Taro called for the man by name, and when he came, he made him fall asleep. As he slept, the creator took out one of his bones and made of it a woman whom he gave to the man to be his wife, and the pair became the progenitors of mankind. This narrative was taken down from the lips of the natives in the early years of the mission to Tahiti. The missionary who recorded it observes, This always appears to me a mere recital of the mosaic account of creation which they had heard from some Europeans, and I never placed any reliance on it, although they have repeatedly told me it was a tradition among them before any foreigner arrived. In Nui, one of the Elise Islands, they say that the god Aluli made models of a man and a woman out of earth, and when he raised them up, they came to life. He called the man Tepepa and the woman Titata. The natives of Melakula, one of the New Hebrides, give the name of Boker to the great being who needed the first man and woman out of clay. The inhabitants of Nuhura and the Kia Islands of New Guinea say that their ancestors were fashioned out of clay by the supreme god Duadlora, who breathed life into the clay figures. The Bagoba, a pagan tribe of southeastern Mindanao, say that in the beginning a certain Diwada made the sea and the land and planted trees of many sorts. Then he took two lumps of earth, shaped them like human figures, and spat on them so they became man and woman. The Kumi, who inhabit portions of Arakan and the Chittagong hill tracks in eastern India, told Captain Lewin the following story of the creation of man. God made the world and the trees and the creeping things first. And after that he made one man and one woman, forming their bodies out of clay. But every night, when he had done his work, there came a great snake, which while God was sleeping devoured the two images. 
This happened twice or thrice, and God was at his wit's end, for he had to work all day and could not finish the pair in less than twelve hours. Besides, if he did not sleep, he would be no good, as the narrator observed with some show of probability. So, as I have said, God was at his wit's end, but at the last he got up early one morning and first made a dog and put life into it. And that night when he had finished the images, he set the dog to watch them, and when the serpent came, the dog barked and frightened it away. The pagan accounts continue. So Mahedo, by whom they mean Siva, sent a crow to find for him an ant hill of red earth, and the bird discovered such an ant hill among the mountains of Beetle. Thereupon the god repaired to the spot, and taking a handful of the red earth, he fashioned out of it two images in the likeness of a man and a woman. Turning now to Africa, we find the legend of the creation of mankind out of clay among the Shiluks of the White Nile, who ingeniously explained the different complexions of the various races by the differently colored clays out of which they were fashioned. They say that the creator, Juulk, molded all men out of earth, and that while he was engaged in the work of creation, he wondered about the world. In the land of the whites, he found the pure white earth, or sand, and out of it shaped white men. Then he came to the land of Egypt, and out of the mud of the Nile, he made red or brown men. Lastly, he came to the land of the Shiluks, and finding their black earth, he created black men out of it. The U-speaking tribes of Togoland in West Africa think that God will uh, still makes men out of clay. When a little of the water, which he moistens the clay, remains over, he pours it on the ground, and out of that he makes the bad and disobedient people. When he wishes to make a good man, he makes him out of good clay. The Pima Indians, another tribe of Arizona, allege that the Creator took clay into his hands and, mixing it with the sweat of his own body, kneaded the whole into a lump. Then he blew upon the lump till it began to live and move and became a man and a woman. A priest of the Natchez Indians in Louisiana told Doe Pratt that God had kneaded some clay, such as that which potters use, and had made it into a little man, and that after examining it and finding it well formed, he blew upon his work, and forthwith that little man had life, grew, acted, walked, and found himself a man perfectly well shaped. End of quote. An expert on ancient history, author David Rawl, weighs in on Adam and Dirt in his 450-page book, Legend, The Genesis of Civilization. He refers to Arata in this first paragraph. The mountains here are rich in mineral resources, especially gold, for which Arata was renowned. The walls of the city of Arata were plastered in rich red okra, mined from the mountain known as Kerhashera, whilst we had seen such a red mountain near Takti Suleiman. Red ochre was also the substance used to cover the remains of the deceased in prehistoric times, as attested at archaeological sites in this area. Indeed, the name Adam, Red Earth, may be connected to this ritual. Again, Rawl writes, Here the word Afar is translated as dust for poetical reasons, but this word also has the meaning clay. So in both the biblical and Mesopotamian traditions, man was made from clay, end of quote. Skeptics feel comfortable challenging the word of God, but only the ignorant ones. This feature is just another proof that God is. Build your life upon the solid rock. God said, this is the first-hand account, Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God 
made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. God said, Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God said, Genesis three nineteen, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of this wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. God said, Genesis eighteen twenty seven, And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. God said, Job ten nineteen, Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? God said, Job chapter 34, verse 15, All flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto dust. Man said, the Bible is a book of myths passed down from generation to generation and not to be taken seriously. Now you have the record.